Hi, this is Maximilian Osinski, and you're listening to Talking Lasso. See, I believe in hope. I believe in belief. Honey, is that an ingredient or is that something you're just calling me right now? Ingredient. Shoot, I was kind of hoping it was the other one. How worried are you about the threat of relegation? Well, Lloyd, right now I'm mostly concerned with the definition of relegation. Congrats. You both just met a cool person. <laughs> On three, one, two, three. Yo, yo, how's it going, Josh? It is going quite well, Joey. I am back home. Uh, we didn't have to record while I was in a hotel room, so <laughs> I am not complaining. Do we have that joy to come for the rest of the season? Uh, depends on what you consider joy, because uh, <laughs> I mean, getting to record this week was a bit of a hassle anyway. <laughs> Yeah, for full context, we are recording, editing, and uploading all within the next, fingers crossed, two hours. So we shall see uh, whether that comes to fruition or not. Yep. So I appreciate Joey's uh, willingness to uh, edit and record this late in his day. I Um, I live, breathe, sleep, and dream Ted talking lasso. So um, (laughs) just so you know, Josh. Um, For for those of you listening, uh, you can't see it. I am well it's clearly later in my day i've been up since five o'clock that is it's now 10 o'clock in the evening um i am slumped back in my chair and josh is sat up <laughs> properly um but i am i'm raring to go for talking lasso i'm only sitting properly because i have a a stool not a, not a stool but like a, a hard-backed chair i don't have a computer chair because the chair that I do use for when I'm working from home, it creaks like a motherfucker. So you mean uh, I need you mean I'm sat up straight because I'm a professional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't like my chair creaking and people hearing random pops of something in the background. Speaking of random noises, if you hear a really high pitched squeal, that's just my dog. She's been cast outside because she was too busy attacking my in-laws. So um <laughs> I thought she you were just... going to say, if you hear a random squeal, that's Joey. Um, <laughs> just getting excited about Ted coming into he's, our lives. He's getting excited about a Villa <laughs> win and Ted Lasso doing some great things this week. What a what a time to be alive. Indeed. Um, Josh, can we do a spoiler warning, please? Oh, yeah, we can definitely do a spoiler warning. Uh, this episode of Talking Lasso contains spoilers for seasons one and two of Ted Lasso as well. And most importantly... All episodes of season three leading into this week's episode, episode nine, The Locker Room O Foley. What a name for an episode. <laughs> <laughs> Before we do this deep dive, though, um, one of the friends of the Talking Smack podcast and uh, just someone who I hope listens to this podcast, uh, Talking Lasso, Erin uh, Alice from the Watching Stuff pod, uh, she had this really interesting take on uh, the Nate and Jade relationship. And I asked her if she could give us like a two minute soundbite, but her, one of her co-hosts, Dan, also watches Ted Lasso and he was like, I need to get in on this. And so they had this eight minute debate when I asked for two minutes, which they get into in this clip. Um, I was going to trim it down, but the the conversation is so good. I really didn't want to trim it down, which maybe, Joey, you'll trim it down in in the editing process. Uh, so Aaron, Aaron and Dan, <laughs> if you sound like idiots, it's Joey's fault. <laughs> Yeah, um, but I, I do want to say that uh, I I feel really happy with the title of this uh, conversation that I uploaded. Uh, they just sent it as like Nate debate, and I was like, oh no, this is the great Nate debate. <laughs> Very and all good. the eights, I... all all the ATEs are eight, the number eight. Uh, well, I'm naturally, because I'm a child. Nat- well, no, <laughs> genius is what I would say. But yeah, Aaron has this really great, uh, I, I really good take on Jade as a character and her perception of Jade. Um, I'm going to preface that I've listened to this clip and I, I do side mostly with Dan on this conversation, but I think Aaron's take is really interesting and important. So, uh, we'll be back in about eight minutes. I hate how they're handling the Nate redemption arc. I think it's really hard for him to get, um, back in good graces. I understand why they're trying to make Ted Lasso constantly forgive him because that's who Ted Lasso is. But this dude has in so many opportunities to do the right thing has done the complete opposite of what he should do. Um, and on top of that, I think what my issue is a big issue is they're trying to force this weird ass relationship that he has with, um, this, 
uh, hostess who ignored him, if refused to acknowledge his, acknowledge his existence for a year. And then all of a sudden they've said like, oh yeah, you, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're together now. She only gave him attention when he got rejected by a model. She didn't even know his name. Every time he was in there, she didn't even look at him. And now we're supposed to like love that he's in this relationship. Like, no, screw them both. They, she's clearly a bitch and he is constantly every episode doubling down on being a dick. I do not want this redemption arc. If you want a redemption arc that has like an example of a good one, give me Jamie Tart all the way. Um, Aaron, I'm worried about you because <laughs> I have a feeling that you're not subscribed to Disney Plus. I think you're subscribed to some like Russian knockoff of Disney Plus and you're watching a or Apple. I'm on Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I was like you're wait, watching was you're like, watching a Russian knockoff no, of no. Ted Lasso. No. Because I don't think we're watching the same the same No, show. we are. Nate has been I I'm I if we could take this further, I would. I'm curious what wrong decisions he's made in season three, because to me, Nate's redemption story is about a person that has his whole life not felt adequate enough in his relationships. And Ted finally gave him that validation and Nate not being a, not being fully uh, mature about it or ha never having had a healthy relationship with an adult father figure wasn't what didn't know how to handle that when it went the other way when he wasn't getting that validation all the time and that's where we saw the turn and he goes to West Ham this season he's shown that he's realizing everything he thought he wanted that he wasn't getting from Ted that he was getting from Rupert isn't what he wanted it he doesn't want to go to the bar the fancy bar and hang out with the model that doesn't that doesn't care about him as a person only wants him because he's the manager of west ham he doesn't care about the manager of the restaurant that loves him because he's he's nate the great he doesn't need the car he he what he's he wants somebody that loves him for him and i feel like Yes, they could have done a little bit more with Jade developing that relationship a little bit earlier on, but Jade is the one person that has, for his entire career, just seen him as a person. Is not impressed. Is not impressed by when he tries to throw around, "Oh, well, I'm at West Ham now," and "Oh, I'm buying lunch for the whole." She she doesn't care, and so when she sees she that. Doesn't care well, no, no, no. I don't. I. I don't think she doesn't care about him. I don't think she cares about the pomp and the circumstance that he tries to throw around to impress her. When they connect, it's because he sees what she, what he she sees what he's trying to do with this model. That he's he's not there to impress this model. He's there on a date. He's talking about what this restaurant means, how you know what it means to him, and she just completely shuts him down. And he's in the state where she like realizes that he's, he's sort of reaching out. And I don't think it was romantic at first from her. I think it was just a, look, I, I see who you are as a person. Like I want to know that person. I don't need to see Nate the great. I want to see Nate, you know? And I think that they, uh, like my last thing about it, the whole thing with the beginning of the show this season was they used the music. You can't always get what you want. And that's a running theme throughout everyone yeah. in this season is kind of getting these moments where you're realizing you're not getting what you want, but you might get more what you need. And right. Nate is the big example of that. He's not getting what he thinks he wanted, which was respect and glory and honor from Rupert and all this stuff. He's getting now more what he needs, which is this growth of being comfortable in himself and being okay with his accomplishments in himself. Well, I do understand that point. My last point, because they, they said yeah. two minutes and it's been five. <laughs> but, <laughs> did my, my wife call my, la <laughs> my, my last point on their relationship is he was, before he was West Ham, She he was just him. He was purely him. She completely blew him off and ignored him because he was nobody. 
So that is my issue with this relationship. They should have either had a new woman be his girlfriend versus this woman because like how is this woman like I see you for who you truly are. He was himself before. Like but he for was, multiple but he times never... and he was just like trying to get a table and she was like not even talking to him. And now all of a sudden, and this is again, goes down to what we've talked about with the female always has to fix the guy is she Fair. pities him. And now she has to come save his life. Like why can't a woman just like be a normal fucking character where she gets a guy that is good for her. That doesn't need to be fixed. That is a normal functioning human being. And instead we have to, she has to come in and save his ass. When is, when can she get saved? Like, you know what I mean? Like that, that, that is also my issue. There's just so many themes of their relationship that does not feel authentic. That like, like, I get what you're saying. Like she sees him for who he is. Well, he, like, that's why I just, I don't buy into it of the setup of the last season. Then it doesn't buy into that. If you started it of him walking in there as a dick and that's the first time they meet, I buy it. But well, the and I mean, setup doesn't play. They sort me. of, I mean, they sort of do get to that point because there's the scene in the, in the second season where Nate goes into the bathroom to psych himself up to ask for the spits table on the and mirror. spits on the mirror. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, I think it's, it's not all of the stuff before season three. I don't think it's Jade not caring who he is because he's a nobody. It's because he's, he's always, always had to put on an image of this is who I think they want me to be. This is who I think I need to be. This is who I think Ted needs me to be or wants me to be to fit in. And once I can fit in, I'll be accepted and I'll be loved. And she just kind of, she doesn't, she doesn't need that. And at the, you know, in this first couple seasons, it's not like she, they were ever trying to pursue that relationship. And so I think that's my issue. Is, exactly. Sure. That's, that's why it doesn't that's work fair. for me because I feel like they were trying, they were trying to give him motivation to be this fake person that he is. And I buy into that. Yeah. I totally, totally do. But him starting a relationship with this woman that looked at him as a nobody like is now like it just it feels it doesn't feel authentic to me i i don't I, yeah and and like i, I said don't the think, other yeah. layer of it of as the woman has to be the reason he finds himself like can we just like not put pressure on women to be the solution to every crumbling man's re- like life i, I like, think i'm done with that like i'm so tired I, of that theme i think i think when you watch this week's episode I, I have not watched will. this week's episode. I think so. I think you will have a little bit of it. You might change your opinion on it a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think everything you said though before completely valid about like the, the trope of of rescuing him. Mm-hmm. Um I don't which will pull into this this movie we're talking about what? today. <laughs> I think you know what I think that's a perfect segue back into the yes. Star Wars. Because like, did I not text you before when we were talking about this? And I said my wife said like two minutes. There's no way you guys stick to two minutes. Yeah, yeah. And we, we, we blew straight past. Yeah, like, sorry, sorry, guys. You guys can edit that. it and pick out what, yeah. what you want. Feels fast relevant fast to forward, about. just you know, fast forward through <laughs> it. I refuse to edit out any of that. I think it was a really good conversation. Same. I That's why I left it as it is. So Aaron, Dan, thank you so much. And everyone who is listening right now, definitely check out Watching Stuff. It's a really great podcast. We've talked about it on the Talking Smack pod before, and they just released their Rise of Skywalker episode, which is just amazing because Rise of Skywalker is so divisive. Like You can talk about whatever you want about The Last Jedi, but the Rise of Skywalker is just like the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones on steroids, and it's (laughs) just, oh, man. So uh, definitely check out watching stuff. And thank you again to Aaron and Dan for that conversation. Um, I think Dan made a really good point that Aaron might change her mind a little bit on Jade after this episode. Um, we'll see that I will get into it a little bit more, but I am, I'm wondering if there isn't more subtext or maybe I'm just looking for more subtext because this show, as we've discussed many times before, sometimes we think there won't be subtext and there is. And sometimes we think there will be subtext and there isn't. Yeah. Do you know, though, I feel like Jade's character, I think there was a lot of really good points there. I think the trope of um, the female character fixing a man is overused. Um, But I don't agree really with this, this idea that Jade only noticed Nate when he was stood up by the supermodel. I actually don't think Jade's character has changed at all from the moment that we met her. 
I just think that what she did was she spoke to Nate. And even now that they're in a relationship and label themselves as in a relationship, I don't think she's particularly warm. I don't think she's a particularly warm person. I just feel like um, the way that she presented herself as the hostess was really cold and and uh, came off very um, nonchalant about who Nate was. Now, when it comes to her as as a girlfriend, there's a, a scene in this um, that Dan kind of kind of spoke about in in the um the 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 preamble that we just heard um where Rupert invites Nate to a bar with these two women where obviously his intention is to cheat on his partner and was almost inviting Nate to do the same and Nate says I don't want to do that and he goes home to Jade and Jade offers him a hug, and I think that's about as warm as we've seen Jade in the. the I think it's two seasons that we've we've known. Yeah, Jade. yeah, because um, uh, Roy and Keeley were dating. Well, I mean, I guess they started dating towards that later half of season one. But um, but, but yeah, regardless, the... I think I think that I I have a problem with with. Um, with the way that people are reacting to this, and I'm not saying Erin and Dana are those people. Um, I sent to you, Josh, uh, a, a tweet from Nick Mohammed, who plays Nate Shelley, um, where he had to remind people that Ted Lasso is a work of fiction, and he had to justify why people are angry. <laughs> On top of that, we don't actually know what the end of the story is yet. We've still got three mm-hmm. episodes left, and we covered a lot of ground for Nate, but not a lot of output in story here. So it's not over yet. And I feel like if you want to be angry about it or you want to be upset about how it's being told, do that. But at the end of the season, when you actually know that the lines are tied up. Patience is a virtue that people don't have anymore because of the Netflix streaming model. They want to binge it immediately and have the story immediately so they can react. But when they have to wait week to week, they get too antsy. Yeah. But like I said, I think Aaron has a lot of, really valid points and i i understand why people are frustrated with it they spent all this time building nate up as the antagonist only to come to season three and go isn't he soft and fluffy again but in my head in the way the way i've interpreted that is they built him up as this antagonist but that's the antagonist that he thought he needed to be and what Mm -hmm. he's actually being portrayed as now is season one nate which is who he actually is yeah no i i agree wholeheartedly and uh I wrote Aaron a whole long mansplaining thing. Like I, I tried not to make it mansplaining, but I'm sure it, it probably is. Um, like, I, I don't think that Jade really like took pity on Nate. And I, I think she, she, we saw in the episode, she got glimpses of who Nate is. And she heard the story about how this restaurant is important to his family. So yeah. she like gets an insight into who he actually is. And she can kind of see beyond the veneer of him being the big head coach of the the big team in in the town, but um, but I overall, think that, I sorry the, the 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 evil evil in quote marks persona that Nate has given himself. Jade only saw that very briefly when he booked a table in season two. I think the Nate that Jade has seen is almost the most genuine version of himself each time they've had an interaction. Yeah, and as their relationship grows, he's probably going to become more and more himself, as we've already seen. But let's let's get into this episode. Uh, but again, thank you to Aaron and Dan for that. Um, I, I think that was a really great conversation and a really important conversation. Um, and I, I don't think anyone's particularly wrong in that case because it is all open to interpretation. Absolutely. And and after after you've listened to Talking Lasso, really clear on after you've listened to Talking Lasso, go and, <laughs> go and listen to watching stuff. <laughs> We're going to stick to our storyline structure because that works really well for how we flow. And we are already probably somewhere between 15 and 20 minutes into this thing. Um, So we're going to focus on the Rebecca Roy Keeley storyline, Nate Rupert, which is going to be really quick, I think. And we're going to focus on Colin and Isaac and the team. And that is the big like heart of this story. But I think we are going to try and go through this fairly quickly because I think most of the the meat of this episode happens towards the end. I agree. So um, 
where where did you want to start on on Rebecca and Roy? Yes. Okay. Uh, do you want to talk us through what what the story actually is here, Rebecca Roy and Keeley? And sorry, I know I just asked you to take us through it. I'm going to really do, quickly do the Keeley bit. Um, Keeley isn't sure if Jack has broken up with her, and then decides that Jack has broken up with her, and that is the whole Keeley story. Yeah, and it it does tie in a little bit to the Rebecca Roy storyline. Um, Keeley's basically trying to figure out how do you determine if you've been ghosted or if you've been broken up with. And Jack has gone off to was it Brazil for six months. So she's gone somewhere for a very long time. She's I, gone to South America. Yeah, she hasn't explicitly ever said that she's broken up with Keely though. That's I think I think we're not seeing the last of Jack. Honestly, yeah, maybe um, it'll be a, a choice at the end of the season between Jack and Roy. But well, um, I think so. So going back to our our never correct predictions, I think that there will be um, a love scene. Uh, not that sounded really seedy. Um, a scene where Roy and Keely are showing affection to each other, and Jack will burst in in kind of the friends trope of just as they kiss, she comes through the door, and everyone goes, oh! and that's what I think will happen. I could see it. Um, yeah, I, I could also see it like the day after Keely's all happy, I'm back together with Roy, and then Jack will be waiting for her in her office or something. Yeah, yeah something like that. I don't think they'll have the, the audience like they have in Friends, but, uh, <laughs> but that's It'd what I kind of had in my head. Big change of, uh, <laughs> big change of format. Genre. <laughs> so after Keely and Rebecca have had this moment of like, okay, Keely has definitely been broken up with Jack. Uh, Keely and Rebecca, Rebecca is walking Keely out to her car and they bump into Roy and Rebecca asks Roy to do a press conference because Ted's got to do something for Henry, uh, like a parent teacher conference sort of thing. And Roy's like, sure. Okay. Uh, but he's also, he, he's a little hesitant about it, but then he's like, yeah, okay. Cause Keely's there and he's going to do whatever he can to look good for Keely. Mm -hmm. And then he passes it off to beard and beard has <laughs> yeah. a great, great, great press conference. Where he basically and, uh, argues about who the best classic rock guitarist is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And he yep. he's yeah, it, it, that's that's a soundbite that you just need to hear. Um, yeah. We're not going to try and uh, recreate it. But uh, Roy gets in a lot of trouble. Rebecca busts into the training room and uh, yells, Oi, Kent, and <laughs> get your hairy ass out here. And the <laughs> There's this is an Great. amazing, amazing episode. It's very Roy heavy. Yeah. Even though it is the meat of the episode is focused on Colin and Isaac. But Roy has two of the greatest lines, I think, in the, the entire series in this episode. And the first one happens here in the training room where he's <laughs> about to walk out tail between his legs because he, he just got yelled at by the boss. And he turns around and he says, none of you spoke up. You know, my ass is not hairy. <laughs> I will never forgive you for that. Never. It was, it was very good. <laughs> so amazing. That was so perfectly timed and delivered because you're like, oh, man, he's like so pissed that Rebecca yelled at him. No, he's more pissed that Rebecca said he had a hairy ass. He took offense to it. Oh, my God. I agree. Yeah, it was well delivered. I think the best thing about it was it was in the gym rather than the locker room, and it was so noisy beforehand. The second that Rebecca comes in and goes, oh, I can, it's like deathly silent until Roy leaves again, and it's proper like school kids being told off by the teacher Ooh. until they leave. Yeah, it was great. It was a really good joke. <laughs> yeah, and then um, from there... Uh, Rebecca chews Roy out, basically saying, allow yourself to be happy, allow yourself to get what you want, not what you think you deserve. Yeah. As Dan so eloquently pointed out with the, you can't always get what you want uh, yeah. song lines. Yeah, it was. Um, and, and I think you could see the cogs whirring in Roy's head at this point. He doesn't actually have a retort to what Rebecca said. Um, we leave it on, on that, but um, it all wraps up with, um, is it worth talking about the incident that happens in, in the, the match here? Because for the context gonna... of the audio clip, yeah, I think I think it is. Okay. Um, we can save that for after. Because that, that is like the quote that is the the moment of the episode, I think. Yeah. Um because a lot of a lot of the important stuff happens off screen too. Mm. Um, which I th I think was actually really powerful because um it, it 
with Colin, you don't need the words to get what you're looking for is the result of the words, how people respond to it. Yeah. Um, so uh, after everything, Rebecca gives Roy uh, a chewing out. The the match happens and we'll get into all that. And then Roy ends up surprising everyone by taking the press conference and handling it very well, which, again, we will get into. But that's kind of the Roy Rebecca Keeley storyline for this week. Yeah. And I think um, I think it's basically Roy accepting someone else's opinion other than his own is really important here because he's been very much a a lone wolf sort of character ever since we've known Roy. But he's once again, by the end of this series, Roy will be so soft that if he walks over a grate, he'll just fall down through it. Um, <laughs> but it's it's another softening of Roy Kent, isn't it? We've, that he, we've had... he wants to do this for Rebecca and he wants to um, make, he wants to be a team player rather than just Roy Kent. Yeah, and he we've had three straight weeks now where Rebecca has been throwing barbs at him, basically repaying the favor from when he told her not to settle for anything less than what you deserve. Yeah. And Rebecca's throwing that back in his face like Keely is what you deserve to allow yourself to accept that fact. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing uh, that I skipped over at the beginning is when they're doing training on the pitch. Um, Roy when he calls halftime for their scrimmage, he says, great job, everyone. And that's when coach beard, uh, or no, Ted calls it. He's like, Hey, everyone, you hear Roy said, good job. And coach beard <laughs> passes out. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was, a, it was another one of those. Um, I don't think it was quite to the same extent, but it was very over the top bill Lawrence humor. I think coach beard passing out. And it was almost like he fell off off screen and you could imagine his feet coming afterwards upwards in the, <laughs> the classic, like Looney tunes passing out kind of way. Yeah, and th- this scene actually happened in the uh, I think the the final trailer they released before season three started, uh, but it's a different shot. Uh, the The shot we get is more off to the the side where Roy is in the foreground, whereas the shot in the trailer is straight on where you see all three men on equal framing, and then mm. Coach Beard is in the middle and he passes out. Which I thought that shot was actually better. Well, they might overall- use it. I mean, let's be real. Uh, Roy is going to do some. There's going to be some shocking things in the last three episodes here. They might still use that. Yeah, that's fair. Hmm. Um, but yeah, let's let's move on to uh, Nate and Rupert's storyline, which again, I, that's, it's going to be really quick. Like, it, I'll be shocked if we cover five minutes. Thank, thanks, Dan, for selling this as it as it was. <laughs> Nate's invited by Rupert to. Uh, he's he's still winning. He's doing very well. Um, he's invited by Rupert to the bar, as I said, and, and encouraged to cheat on 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 Jade. Uh, but in the build up to this, he's kind of Rupert's been texting him. Do you want to go for a lads night? Just us and the boys. And then other members of the West Ham have invited Nate out. And he's like, no, no, I'm off for drinks with the boss. It's going to be a boys night. And he's really looking forward to it, only to be met with like Rupert the dog. Um, <laughs> and he doesn't like it. And he goes home and hugs Jade. And that, that's all I got from Nate's story here. Yeah, well, there's also the the moment where Jade and Rebecca meet for the, or not Jade and Rebecca, Jade and Rupert meet for the first time. Um, yes, where uh, that one I I found really interesting because as we talked about, Jade is very cold, mm-hmm. and the minute they met, I was like, they've met before. <laughs> There's something uh. here. I, I I got a weird subtext from that, um, but it could also just be the way that Jade reads people. And well, uh, I I took it as Rupert trying to entice Jade away from Nate, essentially. Yes, he he's definitely playing a game because he he's like, oh, I'm very good at uh, uh, capturing dialects. You're you're clearly from Hungary or somewhere. I think he says Poland, Poland. That's right. Yeah. And she's like, oh, down to the region. Holy cow. And but she she's she's just like, oh, wow. Good for you. She's not buying into it. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm very curious if Rupert is going to try and like make a pass at Jade at some point and it's going to blow up his relationship with Nate. I can, I can see that happening. I can see that being as the, the big point where Nate stands up to Rupert. Um, I just thought it was funny when you were saying, holy cow down to the region. I just imagined Jade saying, holy cow down to the region. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I can see that being the point where Nate kind of stands up and, and sees Rupert for what he is, because he, I don't think he really has, even though we've had this, um this this opportunity for like offering up women to Nate in 
the the like grimmest sense of the, the word. Um, I still think that Nate thinks that Rupert's an okay guy, um, and he might change his mind in the next episode. But I I never got that from this. I think Nate went to follow him and then went. Well, actually, no, I'm quite happy with what I've got and left. Yeah, I think it's Rupert trying to corrupt Nate and see what he can get away with. Whereas Nate is, is he's his mom essentially. And I think through, through the conversations we've had, Jade is kind of like his dad. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But he's getting the love and respect from her where he doesn't get that from his dad. No, but uh, uh, I, I do think that Jade is going to, Rupert's going to put his hands on Jade at some point. And that's, that is, I think that is going to be the, the breaking point for Nate. Either he's going to walk out on Rupert or he's going to sabotage Rupert one way or another, Um, because we still haven't had any kind of fallout from the acknowledgement and uh, us being shown that Rupert is still cheating on Bex. Mm. And um, I I think Rupert's growing interest in Nate comes from him trying to, again, corrupt him in a way that uh, he's going to maintain this relationship, but also maybe have a side gig. and. Nate's obviously not that kind of person. Yeah, fair enough. Can I just say on the the Nate stuff? I know that people really hate it. I I don't hate it. I actually really quite like it, and I like that Nate is a human rather than a icy villain. I I'm, I'm right there with you. I don't hate it at all. I do think that it feels a little incomplete based on some yeah. of the the storylines we've gotten this season. Because again, I don't know why we don't get more of this. Nate storyline, but we spent the first five episodes with this Rebecca psychic storyline. Mm. I I just the the I, I love Rebecca, and I have to say I don't I don't mean this in like a misogynistic way. Hannah Waddingham always looks amazing. I don't know what it is with this episode. She looked absolutely gorgeous. Like there was just the lighting, the makeup. I don't know what the hell it was, but every time she was on screen, I was just like, hot damn. <laughs> we found uh, we found Josh's celebrity crush. Um, <laughs> you'd be interested to know that right now, while we're recording, Eurovision is on and she is one of the hosts. So I've seen yeah. highlights uh, from that because Ted Lasso is obviously in my algorithm. <laughs> so every now and then Hannah Waddingham will show up in my trending and I'm like, OK, yeah, let's see what's happening with Hannah. <laughs> does Ricky know? That's all I need to know. Oh, I'm sure she doesn't care, even if she did or did not know. <laughs> She's right there with you, I'd imagine. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure she is. <laughs> um, But yeah, I think I think that's it for Nate and and Jade. Yeah, it, it's setting up it's setting up Rupert and it's showing Nate is not a complete asshole again because he's not willing to cheat on Jade. Yeah, and and that end of the Nick Mohammed tweet that I told you about, he says, um, I understand why so many of you are angry. I personally remain curious, winky face, heart emoji. So there's definitely more coming for Nate and and a and a better tie-up of this story, I think. Yeah, I, I just think that the big thing that a lot of people are getting into and Matt uh, talking smack, Matt um, and our discord, I think it, it's just frustrating because there isn't this storyline that we're being shown weekly that really mm. gives us a lot of these character moments that like solidify like, OK, this is who he is. And he's only like this when he's around Rupert. Yeah. So I, I think I think contextually it it works for what we have but it doesn't satisfy that need that a lot of us have been given or have had lately where we need almost everything fed to us because we want to see it. Not necessarily. We just want it spoon fed and told to us. But this, this is the first season that we've had major storylines for people who aren't based predominantly at Richmond. And I think if they, if they really put a lot more time into not only Nate, but Keeley's story as well with her, not really being based, she's around Richmond, but not, not based Mm -hmm. there. I feel like it would feel really jumpy and all over the place because we'd be like Richmond, one scene, West Ham, the next West Ham, Richmond, West Ham, Richmond. And it would be too back and forth for how mm-hmm. how this um, show is is presented, I think. Anyway. Yeah, no, you're you're not wrong. I, I agree. Um, just just my my observation. And we've gone over the five minutes I predicted. Yes. Get in there. <laughs> I don't know why I'm celebrating. Come on, Josh, let's get this snappy. All right. Uh, well, this is the this is the storyline that's not going to be snappy. This is the uh, Colin, Damn. Isaac, and team storyline. Um, 
which opens with the team having a great scrimmage. And at the end of it, when Roy calls halftime, Coach Beard faints. And then Colin walks up to him after Colin ha- or Isaac has found out that Isaac is gay. Colin Isaac's wants to get Colin is gay. Sorry. Let's, yeah. let's, yes. uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Um, so Colin tries to have a little moment like, Hey, great practice. Let's high five. Let's fist bump. And yeah. Isaac just walks away. He's very upset. He's very clearly just not happy with Colin for one reason or another. Yeah. And I, th- I think again, this episode really the body language and, uh, all, all the acting face, face acting, all of it just comes together in such a great way where, um, you don't know if Isaac is mad at Colin or if he's being homophobic, you don't know where he's going with it at the time. I think it was probably um, insinuated the whole way through that he is homophobic and he has a problem with Colin because he's gay. Um, I never got the thought that it could be anything else than that throughout this episode. And Josh, you pointed out something really interesting before we even got to this episode in the Talking Smack Discord. That's the second mention this episode. Go and join. Um <laughs> You you showed a screenshot of uh, the season three trailer, and we were both really worried about Isaac because uh, it shows Sam with the captain's armband, which like stripping the captain's armband from someone is is an absolutely massive massive thing in a football club, and only really happens for performance or disciplinary issues. And we know that they're on a roll, so it's not performance issues. Yeah, and I, I got really concerned in this uh, coming into this episode because uh, I have become really fond of Cola Bokini as Isaac. Yeah. And uh, I was, we, we literally said last week, Isaac is a good boy. And then I went and watched <laughs> that. I'm like, there, we've got four episodes left. What have we not seen from this trailer? And then I saw that team moment and I, I took a screenshot of it and I saw Sam had the, the captain's band on. And yeah. I was just like, oh, no, is Isaac not a good boy? <laughs> Isaac is a bad boy in our eyes before <laughs> this. Um, but so the long running thing in this episode is that Isaac won't say two words or even make eye contact with Colin um, after finding out that he's gay. Um, and I guess the, the only and it's a very, very, very small gripe I have with this episode is that I didn't think that Colin and Isaac were that close. Like I knew they were close because they're teammates, but I didn't think they were any closer than anyone else in yeah in the, the yeah you and i room. talked about this uh once you had finished uh watching the episode um the episode the the writers have the viewers doing a lot of heavy lifting picking up the pieces that oh they they are like best friends off the field or out of the locker room um but we have never yeah. had that kind of information given to us the only kind of information about any kind of friendship they've had uh i think came from like season one where they were Jamie's lackeys. When they were Jamie's lackeys, yeah, yeah. Which, I, yeah, I, and I feel like when Jamie lost that power, they kind of didn't. I keep saying like they they didn't speak, but they are teammates. Obviously, they're still going to be friends. But it didn't feel like they had anything more than like Danny Rojas and Van Dam, yeah. for example. Yeah. So we 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 are told that there is a pre-existing close friendship there, and um we're just meant to assume that, but I think that only really comes through once Isaac and Colin start talking before any Mm. of that. I don't think there's Colin, even when he goes to talk to Roy Kent or uh, Trent Krim about the whole situation, he he's just like, Isaac knows like, what do I do? And Trent's like, give him time, which is great advice as it, as it turns out. Uh, I think I'm doing spoiler alerts for later on in the episode, but, Isaac's a good boy, and I'm Isaac's really the best boy, and I'm so happy. Yes. <laughs> um. So, what's the next main story bit here? It's, um, is it in the it's match? The match. Or... Yeah, they're 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 still okay. really disjointed. Uh, Isaac is not. He he's back to being the West Ham guy that's like playing poorly and playing aggressively, and Colin is yeah. also not playing to his full potential. He's very distracted. Well, they're they're kind of disjoint um, in the locker room and off the pitch. Pitches is reflective of what's going on on the pitch because they can't make a pass to each other, and it's it causes uh, Brighton and Hove Albion to score um, the goal and to go in at half time one nil up 
against Richmond. And I think that so this is this is where the the big thing happens that we mentioned earlier. Now, for obvious reasons, Josh and I don't really want to repeat the language that was used in the episode. I think it was appropriate to use it in the episode because it does get used on the in the stands at football games. And I have a, a story and a personal experience of this kind of behavior happening, which I'll go into in a little bit. But as the um, there's been a loud mouth as the team, as the team are going in for halftime. Sorry, Joey. Uh, as a team are going in for halftime, uh, a loudmouth fan who has been at each Richmond home game for the entire season, every time they're having a bad game or a bad half, he's just screaming at them. And he's been set up this entire season for this moment. And uh, he, yeah. he yells at them, you're playing like a bunch of, and then he says the gay slur that begins with the letter F. And that just sets Isaac off, which again, at this point in the episode, if you hadn't watched it yet, you're not sure if he's taking offense to it because he's like, I am not gay. And he's in like a homophobic rage, but it, 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 you could also interpret it as he's defending his friend. And again, amazing acting, amazing writing. Yes, I agree. And, and the whole of the team sort of stops and, and is in absolute disbelief. Um, I, I sent you a story, Josh, of something like this. It wasn't the exact same scenario, but there was a fan who was constantly bad mouthing at um, our, my friend and yours, Dan's from Casting Views Club, uh, Spurs, and one of their players, Eric Dyer. There's a really good bit of footage of him like climbing, clambering over the seats to get to this fan and confront this fan. It happened last season, and I really think that this what this moment is is inspired by. Um, Isaac needs to be dragged off of this fan because he's just absolutely incensed by the language that he's used. Um, and there's as as he's dragged off, he's sent off by the referee. Um, so he's he's shown a straight red card for um, for interacting with the fans in the way that he did. Uh, they go back into the locker room and everyone is deadly silent. They have no idea really what's gone on here. And Isaac is and- seething in front of his locker and. Ted's just kind of yeah. like waiting for someone to say something in this really funny moment where he's like, um, pointing around like who, who's going <laughs> to, who's going to start me. Okay. Me. He's like, Isaac, what the well, hell? I think that that was the, f- the first time that we've seen Ted kind of lost for mm-hmm. words really, isn't it? In three yeah. seasons. Cause we all know Ted loves to talk. <laughs> yeah. As we find out later, uh, through the halftime, sh- uh, correspondence. So he he asks Isaac, what happened? Why'd you do what you did? Because no one else heard it except for Sam. And Isaac, Isaac doesn't want to say he's too mad. He can't he can't just compose himself. He's just so mm. furious with the moment. And uh, Sam says, this is what happened. And everyone's like, oh, damn. And uh, Isaac's like, what if one of us was gay? Why? Why should we tolerate this language? And that's our first yeah. hint that Isaac is a good boy. Yeah, but also Sam says something here where it's like that that happens. You just got to get over it. And Isaac is furious by this even suggestion that that it should is be to be accepted in any yeah. way. Um, to the point where he storms out. Um, he says, "What if what if one of us was gay? Um, why should we put up with this?" And then storms out of the locker room. And Ted goes to follow him, and and Roy is the one who says like no no you're better off in this room full of your team I'll I'll handle Isaac which I think is a bit of a callback to you know last season where Isaac lost his mojo and Roy was the one that brought it back I feel like that's that's where they're that's why Roy felt it was okay for him to be the one who yeah another um who went to speak another to Uncle him. Roy moment Uncle Roy <laughs> the team very quickly decide that Isaac is annoyed at this because he's yep. gay. And they're like, oh, well, and, and Colin sat there silent. And, and the the term of this podcast, his face acting is wonderful. Again, you can see the thoughts going through his head. The The team has said, just so supportive with it. And they're like, oh, well, we should be there for him. We should be there. We should support him however we can. And, and this is where what you said earlier, the big thing that happens off screen, Colin stands up and says, Isaac's not gay. And then we cut away, and it's obviously where where Colin has come out to the team while Roy and Isaac are having a conversation in the other yep. room. And uh, I, 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 this this is what Marvel 
wishes they could do so well because it's a, <laughs> an amazingly emotional moment and it hits perfectly. And then Will's just kind of yeah. off to the side, brushing some boots, some cleats. <laughs> it's that it's that that callback again, isn't it? There's there's three occasions now where something very emotional and heartfelt has gone on, and Will has been completely unnoticed <laughs> in the background. Will Kitman, secret MVP of the show. Poor old Kit, Will. <laughs> so Isaac and Roy, they they get through the the whole thing and. Uh, they come back to the locker room where Isaac is or not Isaac. I keep confusing the two for some reason. Colin has <laughs> finished coming out to the team and Ted gives this mm. really inappropriate comparison to a, a friend that he had who rooted for the Denver Broncos, <laughs> which thanks writers of Ted Lasso for bringing back one of my least favorite memories of Super Bowl 32 <laughs> when the Packers <laughs> lost to the Denver Broncos. But the point the point here is everyone when when Colin comes out, the response to Colin is, OK, well, we'll just move on. We don't care. Like, I, I don't care. Right? You're still a person to me. Mm-hmm. And Ted's point here is no actually we do care we care because we love and we support you um and the the denver broncos comparison was ted as a friend who is a denver broncos fan and he watched the super bowl by himself whether sorry josh to, to keep bringing this up they they he won that they watched that super bowl by himself and ted should have been there with him supporting his friend and then there's this joke around they go are you? Did you just <laughs> comparing being homosexual to being a Denver Broncos fan? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I think I did. <laughs> Which was, I thought it was. Yeah, really and then funny. I love Jamie being like, "What the fuck are Denver Broncos?" <laughs> Which obviously you you support that statement. What the fuck are the Denver they're, Broncos? They're my um, childhood nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I I really love the sentiment because i have to say like i think that the choice of language around people's sexuality sometimes is i don't yeah. care like do what you do to make you happy and it, it would have been so easy for them to go well we still see you as a person so we're going to brush over it now and not treat anything differently when actually like this is massive for mm-hmm. colin this is something he's hidden for years and actually should be celebrated rather than swept away um, and I don't think I've ever seen a TV show put it quite quite like that, which I thought was really, really lovely. Mm-hmm. And then uh, after everything, uh, the team goes out to play the second half and uh, they have a really great line of like, we're playing a man down. What do we do? And they say nothing different. <laughs> yeah, that and, was uh, good. That was really then good. Then Trent finds Colin and he says, how, how did it go? He's like, probably the third best option uh, or third. Did you say third best option or second best option? I, I think it was the remember. second. It's, it's not it was the, the best second option, best option because the second or the first best scenario would have been if the entire team came out as gay. I have to say, if that happened, I would be a bit like, come on. Mm. <laughs> um, so before we leave the locker room and finish the match, um, we do have to acknowledge that uh, Isaac, before he left the locker room, he took off his captain band and gave it to Sam because, again, he he doesn't yeah. feel he deserves it anymore because of the way he went into the stands. And he's just he's had it with having to put up with some some nonsense from fans. And he he acknowledges that yeah. he did something wrong. But Sam and Jamie have this really great moment where jamie's really like i think you meant to give that to me shouldn't i have it shouldn't that be mine and sam uh, sam's uh, like you want this and then he just turns his hand around and gives him the middle finger like fuck you no you gave it to me it's mine <laughs> yeah that was really good i think um i so i didn't take that as as colin uh sorry as isaac all these names josh <laughs> i keep mixing them up it's late for me I have you an have excuse. an excuse yes um i think uh i didn't take that as as isaac singling out sam and saying like I don't deserve this. You have to have a captain on the field in mm-hmm. football. And I feel like Sam is the deputy of that in, in Isaac's mind. Mm. I, yeah, I think, I think it was just a bit more like we, we need a captain and you are that person. So interesting that you took it a different way. Yeah. It very well could be. Um, we'll see. We'll see if he gets the captain man back uh, or if Sam gets to keep that. Cause I, I do think Sam is uh, the heart of the team. So to me, that would mean that he should be the captain. I don't know. I I think Isaac will keep the captaincy. I think when you get a red card, you get banned for three games automatically. Oh, wow. So Sam will Sam will certainly be the captain for a few games, whether we see them or not. But yeah, I I, I don't see any reason why Isaac couldn't continue as captain after okay. this. To be honest, yeah, and, and like I I would not be opposed to it. I think Sam deserves the the captain uh, 
mm-hmm. the captain's band. But I, I think that it is also within Sam's character to give it back to him when uh, Isaac is reinstated. I have to tell you that the captaincy at a football club is not the glamorous thing that you might think oh. it is. It basically means you can talk to the referee and you can do interviews afterwards. It's okay. <laughs> See, in hockey, which is the only other sport that I really know that does a captaincy, uh, I think f- uh, football does it too. But it, it's really just more like you're designating like this guy is impactful to our team. He is a voice in our clubhouse. Yeah. Well, he's normally given to one of the m- mouthiest people on a football pitch, if I'm totally <laughs> honest with you. But it's I don't think it's I guess it's a bit of an honor to say. I am the captain of X football club, but it, it's it's just a title really for you to be able to go and moan at the referee and and to do interviews. Okay, afterwards. so <laughs> lucky Sam. <laughs> Moving on to the end of the match, the team has come back to win two one, and uh, it's time for a press conference, and it's a big one because they have to talk about what Isaac did. And uh, yeah. uh, Colin was man of the match as well. Oh, we should we should say that yep. Colin? Colin's game went from a stinker to being the best player on the field. Yeah. And um, I do want to share this tweet. Uh, it, it may, it may just be a reach, but um, at I am Groot, I E M Groot. Um, he talks about how uh, Colin, I Colin Hughes. I see the person you are. And they've got two screenshots, which is from season two. Nate's talking to Colin about how uh, Nate's been treating Colin like shit. And Nate says to him, you don't inspire, you don't move people. And then the the commentary over uh, the end of the match, uh, you hear uh, the guy say behind an inspirational turn from Colin Hughes. And uh, it, it could be very much just a reach and they didn't intend for it to be a, a callback, but it it's a pretty good catch from I am Groot. I feel so just on a very quick side thing of this, I feel like there are some really good callbacks in this season. I do feel like people are searching them out i don't think that's a callback i think it's a fairly standard saying to say it's an inspirational performance but like you said it's a good catch i feel like people are are really trying to over egg some of the the lines in the script in this season they very well could be um so we we have the press conference ted is getting ready to to go do it uh Rebecca asks Leslie if he has given Ted any talking points and Leslie's like, uh, talking points and like, uh, shit. And then Roy Kent walks into the room and everyone yeah. is just like, um, uh, Oh, which Rebecca, Rebecca <laughs> sees this and she's like, Oh, he's making up for what he did earlier. And Keely is probably just like, Oh, it's Roy. Yay. Um, but Roy sits down and he has the press conference of maybe of the show. Um, we yeah. we've had some good pressers from Ted, but uh, I've edited down the the press conference. That was like a four minute scene. Uh, I've put it. I've got it down to I think just under two minutes, or maybe it's two minutes and forty five seconds. I've taken out some long pauses mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, but this is one you have to hear. So uh, here is Roy's press conference when asked about what happened with Isaac in the match. Coach Kent, do you or the organisation condone what Isaac McAdoo did today? What a stupid fucking question. Of course we don't. What Isaac did was awful. He was lucky he only got a red card. Okay, so why did he do it? When I was first coming up through Sunderland, there was an old timer on the team, local guy. He and his wife were about to have their first kid, so during training one day, I made a joke that, statistically, I was probably the real dad. And the boys fell about laughing, but he went fucking nuts. He battered me, properly. Had a black eye, chipped tooth, three broken ribs. I couldn't play for six games. He got booted off the team. After that, no club would go near him. Then in the summer, after I could breathe again, I bumped into him in a pub and I got the chance to say sorry for my stupid fucking joke. And he got to tell me he and his wife had lost the baby a month before all that went down. He hadn't told anyone. Kept it all inside. Look, I get that some people think if they buy a ticket, 
They've got the right to yell whatever abusive shit they want at footballers. But they're not just footballers. They're also people. And none of us know what is going on in each other's lives. So for Isaac to do what he did today, even though it was wrong, I give him love. And as for why he did what he did, that's none of my fucking business. What a performance. Yeah, Brett Goldstein bringing the heat again. Yeah. Um, I think a really good way of them not outing Colin, which would have been an easy thing to do. Colin's made it really clear that he he wants to be who he is, but he doesn't want to be an ambassador, which I think is is fair mm-hmm. and and completely valid. And I think it would have been very easy for them to go, well, actually, we've got someone gay on the team and the language being used was homophobic. And they just didn't need to do it. And they did this very, very yeah. well. Um, but there's a line in there where um, he says, people think that they pay for the ticket and they can shout what they want from the stands. And I've had firsthand experience at my club at Villa where we were playing poorly in a game and the guy who sits two seats over from me was using the exact same homophobic slurs constantly and shouting them top of his voice at specific players on the pitch and it doesn't matter whether it's specific players or um or or the team itself the language he used was completely unacceptable um it made me feel incredibly uncomfortable and angry i can only imagine how it would make someone who was homosexual feel and i went and i spoke to a steward during the match they took my details and i was so impressed that i found out the next day um the club's equality and diversity officer gave me a call while I was at work. They asked me some questions and they informed me that they'd banned the guy from the stadium immediately. Excellent. He is now allowed back in, but he had to go and complete a um a a diversity training mm. course at the the ground to be allowed back into the stadium. But I just I thought that that, that response was great from my club, but shows that this this absolutely happens on the stands i would imagine at most football clubs the amount of reporting that you get particularly at clubs like chelsea um there, there's a, a really vile chant that goes around that's really homophobic mm. um for chelsea and, and you see news reports of that all the time so it does happen and it is grim and just because like roy kent said if you buy your ticket to go to the game it does not give you permission to say whatever you want to say and um, they are people too <laughs> well that makes me really happy to support villa in that sense then all right well let's close out this episode of ted lasso uh after the match colin's back home and isaac rings his doorbell still looking extraordinarily pissed and we still don't know contextually if colin if if isaac is homophobic or at this point, homosexual. Yeah, at this or, point in the episode, I'm like, is he also gay? Is he is he about to come out to Colin? Yeah. And it turns out that no, they they just had a really deep friendship, and Isaac was very hurt that he did not that Colin did not tell him about it. He's like, well, you can't keep yeah. a secret. You, among other things, you've known for a month, and now <laughs> literally weeks, and everyone now everyone knows. on the team knows. <laughs> and yeah. uh, it was it was really good. I think the way that they did that scene was was brilliant and. Colin invites Isaac in to play FIFA, just like mates do. And they're sat there playing FIFA, and Isaac has not made eye contact once while they're talking. Colin's obviously buzzing that he's talking to his mate mm-hmm. again. But Colin's just, he's just curious, and he wants to know what's going on with with Colin. Sorry, Isaac's just yes. curious and wants to know what's going on with Colin. Um, and he has questions like, what about the showers? And he's like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, if I was showering with loads of women... You know, I, I get boner, and he's like, "Well, 
I just don't think about it. I keep my head down and I just carry on like like any normal person would. Um, and all these awkward questions go on. And there's a really, really lovely moment where Colin turns to Isaac and he says, I love you, man. And then Isaac gives him like the side eye. And Colin goes, you, you can't say it back, can you? And he goes, no, I can't. But you know I do, right? And I just thought it was, it was like feels. a really touching way really touching way to end this episode off yeah and uh the 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 sentiment at the end of it it is just a a great cap to the conversation that they were having at the door in the doorway where colin was like 99 percent of me knew you would support me but one that one percent scared the shit out of me and that's like that that is anything anyone can relate to that i that idea where you're like, I'm going to do this thing, but what if, what if that, what if this doesn't happen? Even though you, you know, like yeah. there's almost no possibility of it, but that, that small percent of a chance that it could or could not happen, depending on the the desired outcome, you just, it, it, it can paralyze you. Well, I, I heard a really good thing about um, anxiety and imposter syndrome, which I think this, this 1% is um, for, for Colin. The anxiety that that it won't go well. Um, there's a comedian called uh, Asim Chowdhury, and he said in an interview about his anxiety he was like, "My anxiety is just my brain making up conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. I know they're not true, but they are there. So my brain is saying these can yep. happen." And I think that that one percent is is um, yeah. It just once again the character building in in this Ted Lasso. Everything is very easy. It would have been very easy to go. I didn't know how you'd react, but I think they're just they're, that scene is so well written. You really get to feel how Colin feels. Yeah, and uh, again, just want to call out the actors real quick: Isaac McAdoo, uh, uh, played by Cola Bikini, and Colin Hughes, played by Billy Harris. Just fantastic work all around. Yeah, beautiful. And and uh, so I'm sure it's been said before. <laughs> I didn't know that Isaac's surname was McAdoo. And I just <laughs> think that's quite quite funny. It's a bit of a, a daft surname. But apologies if there's any McAdoo's out there <laughs> at JoeyFitz91 if you want to send me any abuse on Twitter, I will accept it. Um, but yeah, I just it caught me off guard when they kept saying, and McAdoo is doing this, McAdoo is doing that. I was like, well, McAdoo is Isaac. <laughs> yep. So Joey, how would you rate this episode? This was my favorite episode. Um, I've seen a lot of outrage on Twitter about this episode, and I think it relates to the Nate and Jade stuff. But like I said, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to give this a solid nine and a half out of ten. Uh, same for me. I really love this yeah, episode. Yeah, the, the feels, the the acting, uh, the the Colin storyline. Th- this was everything I wanted out of the resolution for that Colin storyline. Yeah. And uh, I yeah. the 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 Jade and Nate stuff uh, again I think we're setting up towards the end of the the season where there's going to be an implosion between Rupert and Nate. Um Roy is clearly on a path to getting back together with Keely. So like all of these are just moving the pieces around but this Colin storyline is basically done I think. And I don't think mm-hmm. there was a better way they could have concluded it. So like and that's what I wanted. I I wanted the feels. I wanted to to be proud of Colin, I wanted Isaac to still be a good boy, and he is the best boy. Yeah, I think I think the whole thing at the end where they said you can't say I love you too to him still shows a bit of that kind of um, you know they were making the homophobic jokes in mm-hmm. um, in in previous episodes, and I feel like that just shows the culture that he's in, and and regardless of the culture that Isaac has has grown up with and and has adopted as his own he still cares so much about Colin that he just wants him to be happy. And I just, the whole thing was just wonderful. Yep. So you got a mad story for me, Joey? I do. I don't have a quiz for you, but I do have a mad story. And the mad story is very short. You'll enjoy this one. Are you ready? Good. I am ready. Okay. So there was a uh, defender called Marius Coira. Um, I don't have the year that this happened, nor the club, but it did definitely happen. <laughs> so a Romanian club, um, decided that they wanted to sign Marius Coira. And in football transfers, everyone thinks, oh, that's a lot of money goes around. But in the lower league clubs, there's a lot of very creative uh, negotiating. And Marius Coira's transfer fee uh, included 15 kilograms of pork meat, which was paid (laughs) for Marius Coira. Uh, And during his time playing for the club uh, in the second division of Romanian football, um, he ended up retiring shortly after, 
Now, there was a whole lawsuit between the club that he played for and the club that he got the transfer from because they, <laughs> they refused to... Um, they refused to reimburse the buying club the amount of cash in sausage meat because <laughs> he because he, he retired shortly after. So Marius Koira, second division of uh, Romanian football, bought for sausage meat and uh, <laughs> retired afterwards. That's a good story. You get other stories where people are like traded for um, a locker room full of jerseys for the for the buying club, but. I, I just thought the sausage meat, 15 kilos of sausage meat, I thought was really funny and thought you'd enjoy it. That is great. Uh, now, now I want some pork chops. <laughs> well, better get back to that. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to the socials. And yeah, we can we can get uh, I can get back to this and you can get to bed. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Talking Smack Pod at Talking Smack Pod on pretty much all the socials. Uh Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Hive, and post news and uh, Discord. Yeah, uh, we have a, a great Discord, and I'm all thrown off now because Joey's internet sucks. Joey, where can people find you? You can find me picketing outside my internet service <laughs> provider's office because they suck so bad. Uh, you can find me on Game Club Pod. Uh, we are at Game Club Pod on basically everything, including Twitch. We will, I promise, we will stream something soon. But life is complicated. Um, the other thing I, I wanted to say is you should definitely, definitely, for the third time, you should listen to Watching Stuff with uh, Aaron and Dan. You, you cut off my my promo there. I was just about <laughs> to do that. Um, yeah, and you can email us at tsmackpod at gmail dot com. Uh, where if you want to talk to Ted Lasso, if you have any predictions about what the end of the season is going to look like, send us your predictions. We'll read them. Uh, you want to share your thoughts on an episode. We usually record uh, two days after the episode releases. So release on Wednesday. We'll usually record on a Friday. And uh, yeah, if, if you have thoughts, send us emails, uh, put Ted Lasso or talking Lasso in the subject line. I want it in all caps or you're not getting it read. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. And with that, we will leave you with the wise words of Ted Lasso quoting Walt Whitman. Be curious, not judgmental. Now scram, whistle, whistle. Scram! Whistle, whistle! <laughs> <laughs>